So I, I give a lot of credit to my parents, specifically my mother. Um, you know, I was raised in an entrepreneurial home. And so, you know, we were always encouraged to, um, you know, follow our crazy ideas and our wild hairs. And it was well supported. Um, and not, not just like a golden parachute way, because I think that that's probably the biggest difference about from like me and other people raised in that type of, uh, home. And, uh, my first business was actually selling golf balls uh, back to golfers because our house backed up to the golf course. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I am Bridget Latie Smith, and it is my honor to be your guest host this week. In my 20s, I worked in television news. I hosted a popular talk show, and I started my very first company. In my 30s, I transitioned into tech, and I landed at Google. And now, I'm in the third act of my life where I am called a super angel, investing in venture capital firms, startups, private equity, and alternative assets. This week, I have an amazing lineup of guests for this podcast. They range from trailblazing investors, private equity dis disruptors like the venture capitalists and the uh, PE disruptor you'll, you'll hear from today, all the way to diverse female founders. Together, we, we will explore their journey, pivotal moments, and how they focus on self-care along the way. Today's guest is Kelly Ann Winget. Hi, Kelly. Hi, good afternoon. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm so happy you're here. I'm going to start with your bio because uh, once people hear your bio, they're going to see the power and uh, the gravity that you bring to every room and every space that you enter. So let me do a formal introduction of you, Kelly. So, um, and this is just a short bio, everybody, because their bio is really long. So I'm just gonna give you the short version. Uh, <laughs> so Kelly Ann Winget is an innovative emerging manager in the private equity space and the founder of Alternative Wealth Partners. It's a, it's a Dallas-based private equity firm focused on blended portfolios of alternative assets. Hailing from a fifth generation oil and gas company or oil and gas family, you would think it's a company, but it's a family. She came from five generations of oil and gas, everybody. Um, Kelly is bringing, um, ex, uh, is exposing, oh, look at this, I messed up. I got to start over. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to ad lib and my ad lib is not working. All right, Bridget, get it together. I think it's because we just had that crazy guest I know. conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's because we had that crazy conversation before I got started. So let's stop there, take a breath, and do it again. Okay. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I am Bridget Latisse Smith, and it is my honor to be your guest host this week. In my 20s, I worked in television news, I hosted a popular talk show, and I even started my first company. In my 30s, I transitioned into tech and I landed at Google. And now I'm in the third act of my life where I'm called a super angel, investing in venture capital firms, startups, private equity, and alternative assets. This week, I have an amazing lineup of guests for this podcast. 
They range from trailblazing investors, private equity disruptors, venture capitalists, all the way to diverse female founders. Together, we will explore their journey, pivotal moments, and how they focus on self-care along the way. Today's guest is Kelly Ann Winget. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Excellent. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, I'm going to read Kelly's bio. This is the short version, everybody, because she is a powerhouse. Um, but let me formally introduce you to Kelly. She is an innovative emerging manager in the private equity space and the founder of Alternative Wealth Partners. It's a Dallas-based private equity firm focused on blended portfolios of alternative assets. Hailing from a fifth-generation oil and gas family, Kelly's upbringing exposed her to diverse groups early on. From working at a car wash at age 15 to managing ballet teams, radiology offices, demolition crews, tanning salons, and bounce houses, what hasn't she done? Kelly consistently sought out challenges that expanded her horizons. Well, with nearly 1 billion raised for family offices through modest investments, she witnessed exclusive access to wealth generating opportunities and resolved to democratize such access. Her company, Alternative Wealth Partners, was founded in 2020 and offers diverse funds from fully varied private equity to taxed advantage energy and real estate investments. Kelly, welcome. <laughs> I could go on and on, but I'm out of breath right now. I know the, the bio keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. So let's start um, with how we met, because I think it's always interesting to understand like the connection when I have a guest on on any show. And so how we met, met is through that this wonderful new film, this documentary called Show Her the Money. And so we both met at the, at the L.A. premiere of the film. And uh, I've been smitten with you and your wife ever since. <laughs> we did. We met at the uh, the Marquee Sunset Marquee uh, Hotel in uh, West Hollywood. And yes. you kind of just kind of floated by. And then we got an opportunity to speak to each other at the um, at the launch party. And that was really exciting. And I think that um, it's always really nice for me to meet um, investors that don't look like the people I've worked with and for for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that you know, we have a lot of synergies, so it's nice to be able to partner on things uh, as investors. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We've, there's so much synergy between us. So, so we talked in your bio, your your early years, and that's usually where I start any interview is just to understand the roots of where does it, where where are uh, is this powerful CEO executive? Where does she start? Because we always look at the current state and say amazing, powerful, intimidating, you know, badass woman but we all have beginnings. So talk a little bit about your early days when you were the younger version of yourself. So I, I give a lot of credit to my parents, specifically my mother. Um, you know, I was raised in an entrepreneurial home. And so, you know, we were always encouraged to, um, you know, follow our crazy ideas and our wild hairs. And it was well-supported um, and not, not just like a golden parachute way, because I think that that's probably the biggest difference about from like me and other people raised in that type of uh, home. And uh, my first business was actually selling golf balls uh, back to golfers because our house backed up to the golf course. And uh, oh my goodness, this is hilarious. <laughs> and the fairway curved just a little bit 
Okay. And you had to be a really <laughs> bad golfer, which this is not a hard golf course. Okay. So the fact that I could start a business of golf balls in our backyard uh, is saying something about the quality of golfer that was uh, at that club. And um, uh, so I would take the golf balls and I'd collect them. And then eventually when they would come back down the fairway, cause we were right off the green, um, you know, they had to come and give me a dollar for their golf ball. And uh, they're trying to give me a dollar or deal with my big giant black Rottweiler. Um, and so, you know, this is little old me at like seven years old or something. But um, it, it really came down to me being a teenager. And my parents, uh, while, you know, independently wealthy, did not give that to us. And it was very clear that it was their money and we had to go figure out how to make our own. And uh, I wanted a really expensive pair of jeans. I was 15 and a girl. So, um, they didn't want to buy it for me. So I said, fine, I'll get a job. And so I went out the back door and I got a job at a car wash down the road. And uh, the only thing that they would let a 15 year old girl do is run the red, the cash register because women are terrible with money. Um, and I started upselling customers at the cash register when they would check out, they'd get a basic car wash and be like, oh, you didn't get your tires done or you didn't get your, your matte shampooed or, you know, all this sort of stuff. And um, I think they saw potential there. And clearly, and, and they moved me outside to be a service advisor. And so by the time I was 17, I had moved from the small location by my house to one that was uh, in a different part of town that was doing three to 400 cars a, a day uh, on the weekends. And uh, I started figuring out their their commission program that they had to change it three times. I was making almost six figures part-time in high school selling car washes. Wow. So <laughs> I learned wow. how to- I learned how to make a lot of money very quickly, um, very young. And so when I graduated high school and went into business school, I couldn't convince myself to stay there uh, because I was listening to a professor tell me about business that they had never owned. Um, they've like, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. So I was paying for this education that I was getting paid for out in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I jumped across a bunch of different industries. I worked in healthcare, I worked for a radiology firm. Um, I worked in construction. I worked for a demolition company. And that demolition company is actually where I learned a lot of my technical skills, which ultimately I flipped into uh, oil and gas in 2013. And that was kind of the catalyst into um, you know, the, the private investment world. And from there, I consulted companies of all different kinds and helped raise a billion dollars in private capital similar to how, what you're doing now. And Mm -hmm. uh, in 2020, I took my opportunity to start my own firm. Wow. (laughs) What an arc. So if we go backwards, 15 car wash, you know, making all that money at, uh, I think I got my first job, no comparison. Uh, Definitely no comparison. I was at McDonald's. I worked at Chipotle. I made, I, I remember exactly my hourly wage because to this day, I don't think anybody would work for $3.35 an hour. That's how much I was making uh, in my freshman year in high school at McDonald's. So an interesting arc that you've had, my love, <laughs> starting with well, golf balls yeah, and working I mean, really up to billion dollar family offices. You see a lot of, um, you know, consulting going on now, business coaches and stuff that are working through the confidence issue that women have about asking for raise or asking for their worth. And I think that the way that I was raised, I never thought that I was any different than uh, a man in the same job. And I didn't have the fear that I think a lot of people have when it comes to like just asking for more. 
So mm-hmm. even at 15, when they tried to pay me below minimum wage, I'm like, no, I want $8 an hour. Mm. And, uh, they gave that to me. And then when they moved me outside, I was like, I want $12 an hour. And they're like, well, well you get commission. I was like, I don't care. I want $12 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, cause that was a lot of money, you know, 20. right. Right. And, uh, um, eventually like my base, I think was around 17 and my commission was essentially 25% of what I was mm-hmm. selling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I think that that was kind of my catalyst of just not having that fear and taking and, and, I guess, demanding my space wherever. Right, right, right. And it's so important as just women in any work environment, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're an employee, an executive with a company, it's truly important to know your worth, know your value and to not um, marginalize your, um, you know, your, your, the value that you bring to whatever room you walk in right? You're valuable just by being there. And so just having to, having a voice at such an early age is, is a powerful weapon that you've been able to, you know, build on top of as you've scaled your business. Let's talk about what you do today. And then we're going to transition into self-care because powerful women, the more conversations I have in this podcast space, and I don't believe in accidents because I and working on self-care. I really spend way too much time in front of the screen. I spend way too much time uh, work, 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 you know? And then my husband is the one who pulls me away and says, babe, let's go for a bike ride. Babe, let's have dinner. You know, let's watch a movie. And so he pulls me away. But if he doesn't pull me away, I mean, I am swear I'm like glued to the screen. And I'm always like typing and trying to get another thing done on my to-do list. So let's talk about first about how your arc to get to where you are with building your company, which started in 2020. You've got this fantastic book called yeah. Pitch yeah. the Bitch. <laughs> Now, the title alone should make anybody want to go buy this book. Um, So let's talk about your company. Let's talk about the book. And then let's talk about your self-care and how you show your how you love Kelly to the point where, you know, your self-care and your mental health is a priority for you. So um, I kind of had this aha moment in 2020. Uh, I was working for a family office and it was one of those things where you realize you might be the smartest person in the room. And you never want to be that person. (laughs) So if you will feel that way, you need to find a different room to be in. And you want to just constantly surround yourself with people that are doing bigger things than you, more interesting things than you, or can provide some sort of insight that you can't provide yourself and just be around them, be in their space. And I think that um, creating my own firm was my opportunity to do that, where I could hold expertise in my own space, but be able to partner with people in a way that I wasn't able to do under somebody else's umbrella. And I had taken 10 years of experience and put it into um, this firm that creates opportunity for investors to get access uh, and understanding into the alt space, which I've exclusively been in for 10 years. And in a way that is digestible, obtainable, and not overwhelming because as you know, it's really hard to listen to 30 founders day Mm -hmm. after day and try to decide, okay, do I put $10,000 here or do I put a hundred thousand dollars here? Or do I put a million dollars in this? Cause it could be a unicorn. Like that's Mm -hmm. a lot to process, but if Mm -hmm. you find, and that's okay for some people who want to be a professional investor and they want to actively manage their own portfolio. Great. 99% of people don't want to do that. 
but they do want access to those opportunities, but they want someone who they can trust knows what they're doing to sit there and have conversations with founder after founder after founder on behalf of the investor base. And so that is what I've created. I've created diversified portfolios for an investor to take 100, 250,000, a million dollars, put it into one vehicle, and that gets spread across multiple portfolio companies, all with different strategies, all with mm -hmm. tax advantages, you know, mm -hmm. different things. And um, they get one K one and get one source of information as far as like, how do I understand this space and this investment? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, that's what I love to do. I love creating these creative little pockets of investment and educating investors to go beyond just what their financial advisor is selling them, a life insurance mm -hmm. and a new, mm -hmm. you know, a really basic 60, 40 traditional asset stock bond portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a place for that. But there's also a place, small portion, 10, 25% of your net worth. Mm -hmm. And that's what my mm -hmm. specialty is. Mm -hmm. I love it. Out of curiosity, and if you're willing to share, how much is your assets under management? Uh, we are approaching 25 million. Um, but we, wow. do, we do have two. Uh, our next fund is $180 million. And mm -hmm. I that's with a co-founder on a different management company, which is Epic mm -hmm. Economy Management, uh, which mm -hmm. is uh, with Sigigy Cities and, and Alternative Wealth Partners. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have a fund number two, which is $150 million. And so we're mm -hmm. we're well on our way. We've had to do our yeah. registration because we've we've crossed over into a different territory. Once you have enough uh, assets under management, all the rules and regulations change. And so that's, right. where, that's where we are now. Now the portfolio yeah. value is much higher than that, but that's the capital to commit it to the funds. Gotcha. 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 So I wanted to just level set for the folks who are listening, like you are doing the work and uh, you've got the assets and the portfolio to show the work. So just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. Um, your self-care. No, let's talk about your book because I, I want to squeeze this in, yes. uh, pitch the bitch. Can you just tell uh, the listeners where to find the book, what it's about and why they should pitch, why they should even know what this title it, the origin of the title because it, when I first saw it and, and read the book well first of all when I when you presented the book to me and and uh and you signed it you signed it yeah. I love books that are signed by the author and uh, I said to myself now this is a bold woman who would name their book pitch the bitch and so I started reading page one page two and I said aha I get it I get it so could you share with our listeners this book what it's about and why this title <laughs> yeah it's a I, when I was deciding on naming the book, I was really like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and make this, this really aggressive thing because the whole book is kind of in your face of like, here's the information, you know, I don't try to sugarcoat or like beat around the bush at all. It's just like, here it is. This is what you need to know. It's okay that you don't know it because it's on purpose and here's why it's on purpose. Um, and the point of the, the title pitch the bitch is because the phrase is actually don't pitch the bitch. And it comes from the movie, The Boiler Room, where in like one of the first scenes you have the old broker is training the new broker. And he's like, rule number one is you don't pitch the bitch. If you get a woman on the phone, you hang up because they're going to call you if the stock's up. They're going to call if you the stock's down. And it's just going to be a waste of your time. So you just don't talk to her. Um, and that kind of messaging has been around since like the beginning of time. And it's woven in and out of pop culture. And so each chapter has a reference to some type of media, right? That is saying the same message. 
and how you can decode that, unwire it from your brain and process the information in a way that's not intimidating, mm. uh, overwhelming. It's in a fun, funny, it's okay to like think about it without making a decision today. But ultimately is that it's okay to make financial decisions for yourself, mainly because you're going to have to, whether you like it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's geared more towards people that experience the wealth gap. Men can read it too. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the most part, this is information that women and the disenfranchised don't have access to. That's and right. that's who the book is for. That's right. So um, it is uh, all of 126 pages. I am personally, what page am I on? I'm on, I'm on page 31. So I, uh, this is, this is a really excellent read. It's a study, actually. This is a masterclass in, in your brain and how you've been able to reach the, the status and the arc that you've had as a CEO. And so anyway, I encourage everyone your picture is amazing on the back. I, I I'm digressing, but I encourage everyone to to check out pitch pitch the bitch and get get their own copy. And you have a book signing coming up. When is your book signing? I do have a book signing. So if you are in the Dallas area um, or want to come down to Dallas, it's in Frisco on November seventh. Um, it's at the Cowboys Club. Uh, so if you're a Cowboys fan, come on down. And uh, it's just going to be an evening of fun we have some giveaways to do and all of the money that for the the book sales that are related to the event and also the little raffle thing is all going to north texas food bank so uh, we're also going to add a ticket on the eventbrite link i'll give it to you Mm -hmm. if you aren't able to come but you want to donate to Mm -hmm. north texas uh food bank then um there's an option there too because the the point is to give back and so right you need to do that um, you know, we encourage everybody to do so. Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad we, we squeezed that into the conversation because I'm just so proud of you. I just met you, you know, earlier this year and um, there is definitely a kinship there. There's so much synergy in what you're building, how you built it, what you value, what your vision is for your, for your company as you scale it. Like all of it is just, I'm, I'm eating it up. It is my breakfast, my lunch and my dinner. It's everything. So I appreciate you being here today. Let's talk about your self-care. So how do you take care of Kelly? How do you make sure Kelly is a priority when you've got so much going on? <laughs> um, my, well, my, my wife really helps a lot 